Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Trophy Talk Podcast. It's episode number 49. Today, I'm joined by Prince. Hey there. And Ace. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Very well. Good, thanks. Fantastic. So we've got a bunch of stuff to go over and not a lot of time to do it, which means that this will probably be another really long podcast because that's usually how it goes when we say stuff like that. The law of inversion. Yeah. So uh, the the short thing to note is that we are back on schedule. So we've managed to get two of the podcasts posted last week, and now we are recording today, and hopefully this should be up probably sometime tomorrow. So we're back on track. Uh, you may have missed one of the previous episodes, so you might want to check on 48 and 47 and 46. Make sure you got all that and voted because they were kind of crammed into a short period of time. And I suspect people missed it because they were not looking for it. Rightfully so. Um, but let's uh, get on with the news. So in happy news, Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wilds DLC is coming November 7th. Ooh, thank Yay. you. It's the big yep. one. Yep. So it is roughly 90 days from today, according to my pre-order loading thing <laughs> so there'll be what robo mammoths for you to tackle now then <laughs> uh, yeah right uh so set in icy territories to the north this new chapter of aloy's journey adds a new area to explore new mysteries to uncover and new highly lethal machines to take on got your marketing according, on there <laughs> according to the playstation blog uh, okay right. is it aloy or is it alloy because i thought it was alloy as in like an alloy that's, that's the joke Oh, is it? But right. it, is, it is Aloy. Aloy. Right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they do that. Um, I'm sure that Aloy is spelled with two L's. Well, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if throughout the entire game they ever say that particular word. Oh. Say it or write it? Say it or write it. I, I don't okay. think I came across it at any point. So no one ever calls her by her name. Well, so no, they like, call her like the by hero with name, no name, but they, they never, they never refer to like a metallic alloy. Oh, well, of course, it's like it's some kind of like caveman civilization. Mm. Well, yes, yes. I was just <laughs> saying, like, I don't know if they actually use that word. I so. see. It's probably some alloy is some mystical something or other. Who knows? Ooh, magic. Back in the times when they used to have really big wheels, rims. Yes. It's like the fabled rims. <laughs> Can you imagine the fall uh, so, of society? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, I mean, for me, the the really cool thing is that they have confirmed highly new, highly lethal machines. So, hopefully, there are actually like neat new machines, and it's not just like bigger versions of the things we already fought. Well, that was the one with the trailer with the ominous mountain in the distance. That's I'm true. Sure that with with the uh, the dune worm made mm. out of machine parts. Yeah, mm. that's true. So, Robot at the very worms. least, we're going to have that. Yeah, at the very least, we're going to get that. So that's cool. Uh, it's nice to have a date. It was shown off at E3, so it's coming very soon. Shadow of War is getting a ranked online mode. So. There's there's a lot to di digest here. Mm. Uh, so during the course of the campaign, you'll obviously capture fortresses and whatever, and you'll have your or captains and all that stuff. And so you can choose one of those fortresses, set defenses, and assign a captain 
kind of a la Metal Gear Solid Five, I guess. Um, and you know, other players can come and invade and try and capture your fortress, and vice versa. So there's several different versions of this. There's friendly conquests, which don't have any risk. It's kind of a practice mode, but doesn't really come with any rewards. And then you've got ranked mode, which earns you loot boxes uh, and currency upon victory. And uh, it does come with the caveat that any of your fo- uh, followers, the orcs, if they die, they stay dead. Even in the main campaign, they're gone. So it's kind Ooh. of, yeah, it's kind of uh, aggressive. Which, but it's cool. I mean, that's kind of how the game works. So, uh, is that a big loss, or is that not a particularly big loss? Um, I mean, it kind of depends on which one dies. Like, mm-hmm. you do have. I mean, okay. So, in the original, I'm I'm not sure sure how this is going to be entirely set up, but in the original, you had you know different tiers of orcs. So there mm-hmm. were like chieftains that were you know souped up and really tough but they had you know if you lost one of those that would obviously suck Mm. Uh, so you know you could lose a a nothing or you could lose like a chieftain type that's just like tons of you know effort to get for me i remember in the assassin's creed series the later games they had these um well you could have members of the brotherhood that go on missions for you and Mm. they would have percentage chances of dying for yeah. me, I would always put them on safe missions so that they would rank up and I'd just have a, a full set of level 10s and not lose them over unnecessary risks. Mm. Why go on one high-risk mission when you can go on two low-risk missions and get the same reward? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I imagine that the way it's set up, you probably won't really have a choice. Mm. Uh, my guess is that you will have to take some of your followers with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Obviously, if you don't take, you know, you're kind of betting. It's probably like if you only take two instead of four of your major orc captains or whatever, yeah. then the odds of them dying probably increase dramatically and, you know, stuff like that. So mm. but, it's a uh, bit of a cause for concern. I mean, how, well, it's never really happened in a, in a predominantly single player game that they add a multiplayer mode where you lose stuff from a single player game. What, what is that yeah. about? Well, I think it's just because it's an extension of the campaign because it's it's going to be a main feature of the game is doing this with NPC-controlled mm. fortresses and whatnot. And the same rules still apply. So really what they're doing is just taking that core gameplay and making it multiplayer. So it will play exactly the same as the campaign. And so the um, rewards and consequences, I imagine, are very much in line with that. It makes me concerned because, I mean, this comes up, this will be more important in the next topic, but mm-hmm. it makes me concerned because if you think of a game like Mass Effect 3, I don't know how much experience either of you have with that one, but they had a multiplayer mode introduced um, where basically you had to play it in order to get enough um points shall we say to get the yeah. best ending at the end of the campaign um and people who didn't want to play the multiplayer because it was a single player series right they kind of were forced into it and at least in that you didn't lose even one like one currency unit for playing it but you yeah. kind of had to waste your time on it whereas in this if you are crap at the multiplayer um and you go and you play this mode and you need to play this mode because the balancing is such that you need what it gives you. 
Right. And people who are not good at multiplayer are just going to be in a worse situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be mandatory to participate in this. Mm. It depends this, on the balancing, really. I, I guess I'm not sure how endless the fortresses are and what your methods for leveling up and whatever else outside mm. of this system really is. So it could become sort of mandatory if you want to level up further, or it might be completely uh, inconsequential if you don't want to participate. So it might just be a fun alternative way of playing. Hope so. I'm yeah. sure there might be some follow-up balancing tweaks if uh, if it Absolutely. does become quite a problem. Well, maybe not. It depends well, on the developer's motives. You see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that if something goes wrong with it, they would have to kind of balance it and make people happy because realistically, Shadow of Mordor was such a stellar sort of game compared to what people were expecting i think it's actually got a good reputation now and the last thing you want to do is squander that but we'll see because it's wb and you know wb does not always make the best decisions <laughs> uh so for the ranked mode the uh mission is to capture a series of points before going on to kill the overlord uh if you complete your mission faster you will get a better score but if you lose, obviously your rank goes down. Um, and then this was just kind of a, a tangential side thing. Uh, the vendettas from the original game. So what would happen is if you died from a you know particularly powerful orc or something, then other players would be able to pick up a mission to kill that orc and avenge you. And then you would both get rewards if they were successful. Uh, they apparently have made this significantly more interesting by actually dropping you into that player's world and giving you an actual mission, whereas before it was just there in this area, kill them. Does that okay. mean that you? it's like um, watchdogs? You have to be online. Well, I mean, you don't have to be online because, I mean, the vendettas... So, in the first one, I don't remember the vendettas being a particularly important aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a nice little you know, additional connectivity thing. Okay. So, and I think it was primarily with friends. So like, you know, if a friend of yours died to an orc, you could avenge your friend. I don't think it was generally random players, um, but I, I don't know necessarily how significant it'll be. Mm-hmm. That was more just like a nice uh, experience boost, if I remember correctly. And okay. maybe a, a, a small item, but not like something major. Those aspects of online are nice. Yeah, yeah, um, but so this this aspect will um, certainly, I'm sure, require you to be online, and we'll see how it goes. In other less good news, Shadow of War is also getting microtransactions. Players will be able to purchase loot chests, war chests, XP boosts, and bundles through the market to strengthen their army, which. I could not actually find confirmation. So the the microtransactions announcement actually came out before the ranked online thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of the ranked online thing was like a, hey, here's this cool new thing to take your mind off the microtransactions. But of course, my reaction was, wait, so what's the deal with this in a competitive scenario? Like, how does this interplay, you know? Mm. See, that's my, that's what I was alluding to a moment ago in terms of their motives. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't find any 
information about that probably because they don't want to actually talk about it. <laughs> uh, so I would almost certainly suspect that, I mean, realistically, the entire point is to motivate you to buy these things in the first place. And what better way to do that than competition? So yeah. uh, it would not surprise me in the least if all of this stuff managed to have an impact on the ranked multiplayer, whatever stuff as well. Well, that and the fact that you may end up losing a lot of what you've been gaining. So you've, have to replenish your rank somehow yeah yep and obviously you know if you go and you particular participate in a ranked match and you lose a whole bunch of stuff and then you need to level stuff up well you know here you go mm. it's a self-fulfilling system you know yeah it's dangerous dangerous yeah well, it does say on here i think there's two currency options in there there's the in-game currency yes. miriam or there's in-game currency gold that you can buy with real dollars and money. pounds money. Yep. Yeah. So I, I guess it depends how plentiful the Miriam is. And uh... right, I do prefer a game where you can reasonably obtain um, obtain it from the currency you can earn in game. But at the same time, um, I mean, there's two ways that can go. One is that they have a huge amount of stuff that you really don't need to buy and therefore you're not expected to be able to earn it all. And the other is that um, the equivalent of um, how much in-game time you would need to put in in order to earn all of that in-game currency is astronomical and therefore... it's ludicrous, isn't it? ...really any point in there. Yep. Well, it's all about striking that balance anyways, right? Mm. That's just that's just the nature of the system. If if the system is too far off in either direction, you don't make money on it. Mm-hmm. So you gotta create a system that people don't feel terrible using. I just go back to the old days of they would release DLC and it was additional story stuff, and you, people would pay for that DLC pack. Well, whatever happened to those days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still like the idea that all... Um, simpler times. <laughs> I still yeah. think all microtransactions should be capped. If you're spending... If you spend more than, let's say, £50 on yeah. microtransactions, you should have every single thing that microtransactions can give you in that game, aside from things like one-off boosters and so on. But, like, really, they shouldn't go beyond that amount. And £50 is a lot to be putting in. It's more than you'd pay for any season pass, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... I, I mean, I think the problem with it is kind of that a lot of people are chasing whales in this scenario. I was going to say. Right. So if you end up putting a cap on it, then you're killing a you know source of revenue that can pay off handsomely. Mm. Uh, so that's not really great for them, and that's why it won't actually happen. But, you know, maybe maybe one day, years from now, people will become wise to it, and, and they will do something like that. But – from an economics perspective, I can see it both ways. I mean, there are people who earn an absurd amount of money and have, like, to them, a couple hundred pounds to throw into an online game is nothing. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like, it's kind of, for everyone who's not absurdly rich and wants to put in the amount of money that they need to put in, then it's like abusing a drug addict in a way. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the the, like, detriment is different, but... If you've got someone who's on a low income and then they're so addicted to a game that they're putting in two hundred pounds of their money, like mm. that's a real like economic problem. Yeah, I I certainly I certainly can agree with that. But 
We'll save that for later. Right now. The, the problem is, isn't it, is, is that balance. It doesn't feel like it's anywhere near. You know, back in, in those days, you used to spend, you know, for a season pass and get three lots of single-player additional content that you... I don't think anyone really minded too much. I mean, sometimes there was a couple of them that, eh, that one wasn't that good something, wouldn't it? But, you know, comparatively, these microtransactions are for skins or for a single weapon or, mm-hmm. you know, a single map. And quite a lot of the times, those maps are remasters or rehashes or yeah. what have you. Yeah, right. And and they're charging, like, you know, two pounds, two bucks, you know, or or the worst thing is now it's it's a lottery or it's a it's a gamble, isn't it? Where when oh, you yeah, not boy. necessarily know what you're going to get. Yes. It's more like it's a loot chest, yeah, or it's a loot box, yeah. or it's a crate, and what you could get in there could be duplicates. Uh, it could even be you know in the, some That's of the worst games hard. that started that were duplicates within that single crate, you know, but and and they don't put I, any I system. I should apologise to Brandon because I got ahead of myself. And now I've I've dragged you with me. <laughs> yeah, this. that's okay. We are we are going to interject our topic of the week. I think right now because okay. this was actually going to be our topic of the week, which is oh, right. you know, uh, are microtransactions inherently bad? Do we blow it out of proportion? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, well, you I've can, blown this topic out of proportion. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, so <laughs> I I have to agree with you that that's like one of the most infuriating things and. I, I still have not seen a game that has handled it well because no. in a lot of instances, like I can understand the appeal and, you know, having fun with it. And if you do it well, I guess it could work, but most games you end up getting duplicates of some kind or another or whatever. And it, it, you end up with these duplicates that are useless to you, or you can sell for a paltry amount of in-game currency or something, mm-hmm. you know, but I've, I've not really seen any games where it's like, Oh, you've got a thing before so we're going to increase the odds of you getting something really cool and you have zero chance of getting a duplicate like that just doesn't happen and it's just kind of i don't mm. know I, i'm gonna um do we think they do we think um shadow of war is going to join that uh that good old grouping or do you think there's a possibility they might do things a little bit differently well there aren't duplicates in that game are there i mean everything's like new generated is that right uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a very loot-generated system. So, like, you can get a duplicate of an item that has slightly different stats, perhaps, or mm. what have you. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, it's going to be sort of randomly generated. So I think you're going to run into instances like that. But, I mean, you run into those kinds of instances anyways, and the duplicates are not necessarily always exactly duplicates. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to devil's advocate a bit and throw sure, in two um, positive examples. But just because you said um, you can't think of any yeah. ones that have done it well. And I, broadly speaking, I agree with you. I think we're still like kind of looking for the good place that this can go to. Um, mm. But two good examples, I suppose. Uh, well, moderately good. Um, we've got Super Mario Run on the mobile platform. I know that's like a completely different field. But yeah. in terms of policy, it's Nintendo. And they haven't done a lot of DLC on any platform. So yes. in terms of policy, it speaks to their, their thinking. Um, with that game, they went with, um, I think it was £8, and you unlock all of the remaining levels, and that's it. It's like a flat fee. Uh, you, like Super Mario Run, you can start to play it for free, then you pay £8, and then you just get the whole game. And that's like the cap. It's It's designed to have that cap. So one of the problems was that they never get any whales because they yeah. can't get more than £8 from someone, no matter how much they love it. 
Right, which is in contrast to uh, Pokemon Go, which is still posting, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Exactly, yeah. and that really feeds into addicts who will put in a stupid amount of money into it. Yeah, um, and very well for Niantic. Um, yeah. And actually, in many ways, the same thing can be said for... I mean, it's not all good on Nintendo's side. That same thing can be said for Fire Emblem Heroes, which doesn't have any kind of cap. Um, and you can spend uh, money to get a random chance of what you want and then not get it. And you keep spending money, and that's horrible. Um, mm. So I kind of... I went both ways. I said I was going to say a positive example, and then I still tainted it. But, um, <laughs> another oh, yeah. one is um, Uncharted 4's... Su- well, not necessarily... Well, kind of the survival mode. Um, that you can buy in that game a stupid amount of visual DLC, and that's to no end. But um, there are these ones called gameplay chests where you can unlock the guns and um, like the basically perks and um, like those things that actually have a gameplay purpose. Um, and those are limited, and you never get um, duplicates. And you can earn the currency for that in game. Um, right. It's a little bit of a slog so the only good way to do it is doing the daily challenges so you have to spread it out over months but if you do play a little bit over months you can uh, i've done this myself you can get all of them for free um mm-hmm. and like i said that's only the gameplay stuff not the millions of visual customization yeah but that is something of a consolation i think yeah and i think that's that's a huge part of the random loot chest thing is you can't have duplicates like once you have duplicates that's where it starts to get really grody you know it's like just kind of nasty that you're like oh we took your money here's something you already have Mm. especially if that item is quite expensive like you've spent you've saved up for a day of farm like a a, a week of farming whatever the in-game currency is and then you buy the random chest and you just get some crap like i mean i think I think I think another part of it really that kind of bothers me is it's gambling with very little return. Like mm-hmm. which you were, the addiction you're really tapping into with that kind of system is gambling. You're not mm-hmm. you know transacting. There's you you're not taking money and giving a thing. You're taking money and giving a chance of a thing, which is not you know, a purchase, it's gambling. Like that's what the people are are trying to do here. This this is what they're participating in and that that's the hook is the gamble almost you know it's like yes they're chasing a thing but in regular gambling really the thing that they're chasing is that big payout you know Mm. so Mm. that's that's another part of this that's just kind of nasty like i don't think that microtransactions are inherently bad you know i don't think that they can that they necessarily mess everything up they've been in plenty of games and not broken the game you know and Mm -hmm. so you know, it, just because they're in there doesn't mean that you know it's going to take forever to do anything in this game. That's not necessarily the case. We won't know until we get there. And well, the inclusion of them suggests that that's probably going to be the case. Yeah, so, I'd say based on sort of developer usage recently, that's kind of how people ex- expect them to go. But they originally they weren't necessarily that bad but unfortunately that's the way developers have done it haven't they i mean and yeah. th- there's there's yet more nasty tricks that they do things like they do different classes of loot crates and some of them they release for only short periods of time 24 oh, 48 yeah, hours bad. to give that artificial rarity and and Sell urgency that, yeah yeah and oh it's it, every nasty salesman trick in the book is coming out i think and it's not good is it and then um 
yeah, I, when it works out as well, actually, when you look at it, yeah, you know, back in the days of at least you paid money and you got levels, at least you paid money and you got like, you know, when the game had been out for six months a year, they did a, right, you can buy all skins in a mega pack or yeah. just those types of skins or just the, the electric ones or, or whatever. And then people right. could, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm into those. I'll buy that pack. Or I think you know it was what? I've have everything. two or three that yeah. had that mega. It was like 50 pounds for all the skins that are just like a recoloring. Completely. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was that bad. Well, it, was pretty, it was too much, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but I it was cheaper was than so buying the individual day. color packs. And it's but it, it's, it's still... Even even if it's a hideous amount of money, mm. it's still like way less sketchy. And yeah, kind it's of a set. You know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's fine for the mm. people who wanted like everything, and they didn't want to have to. Yeah, you know, they they might have liked some from this pack, some from that pack, and they couldn't decide. You know what? Just get the lot, and then they've got yeah. everything. You know, that's and, that's fine. Those sorts of things. You know, some people will take them, some people won't. You know, um, some people will like the additional modes or the additional levels. Some people won't. But um, yeah, this this new thing is it really feels like it's just attacking the vulnerable, isn't it? And mm-hmm. and everyone can get suckered in for some game at some point for a little bit, and then suddenly right. realize, oh my god, what have I been doing? You know, and yeah, got to stop this. Well, the problem and, with Gears of War Four is that. Um, there are actual gameplay benefits to the Horde um, enhancements, and you mm. basically need them in the end in order to complete things on the hardest difficulties, which means you have to put more money in to a game yeah. that's already £40 launch-wise, already more than £40 for the season pass, mm. and then you're going to have to spend at least 100 maybe £200 in order to get anything decent from the packs, and that won't even be a cap. They'll, you'll still be spending like five hundred pounds, and you won't have enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. and th- there's no trading system in any of these. Can you imagine? It'd be really great if you could trade, and then if you got a surplus of things you don't need, you could trade it with someone who's got a surplus of stuff they don't need. But actually, you could do with each other stuff. But mm-hmm. no, no, because that would be far too useful, and and, and right. means less less um, purchasing of random packs. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's. It just seems to be a cultural thing in the world because now all the kids are after blind bags and things and buying that lot as well in stores for physical stuff as well. People just seem to be quite accepting this modern era of I'll pay money for a chance at something and it could be a duplicate. (laughs) At least they could put it on eBay, I guess. But it's mind-numbing, isn't it? I don't understand this. You know what? Um, McDonald's Happy Meals have been doing that for a long time and it was innocuous. Well, I mean... I was I was going I was going to say <laughs> no that that's or was a it sinister all along that, that's a it's, freebie toy with a meal <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is kind of fundamentally sinister but I mean it it has existed for forever I mean baseball cards have been around for forever oh, and yeah. you buy a pack and you open it up and you don't know what's going to be in it you know it's like and you're looking for so and so's rookie card or whatever the hell you know and yeah. it's like it's still it's been oh, around for forever d- didn't those but, used to come with gum though. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I think that's probably how they got around the idea that they, you know, of engaging children in gambling. You know, was probably by including the gum. No, no, no. They're buying up, you know, the gum and the the cards are just extra. It's just a cool thing. Yeah, that's how Happy Meal gets you know? away with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, hey, it's been around for forever. The I don't think that the uh, the thing to do here is to not buy the game. Obviously, wait and see reviews well, or whatever. You I know. actually don't know if I can 
agree with that at this point because after all this time, um, it's not going away. And when you look at examples like Gears of War Four, which is just horrific in its microtransactions motivations, and this is why I'm so worried about Shadow Force motivations. The my, the motivations behind Gears of War Four are probably the worst I've ever seen in a, in a mainstream game. Um, yeah, and for that reason, I basically really regret buying Gears of War Four at all. And if I could go back, I would not buy it at all. And if I saw the same thing in another game, if I saw it coming, I would just not buy that game. So did did it actually affect your core game experience? Um, because the I, main reason I, I, I bought. Sorry, I just can. haven't played a whole lot of of Gears Four. I played about halfway. Mm. So <laughs> I would say the campaign is. Um, moderate at best, um, but the main reason I bought Gears of War for at all was um, for the horde mode and to play with friends, and mm. that experience was definitely sullied by this whole, um, not necessarily the microtransactions, but the pack system, which therefore is tied to the microtransactions. Right, mm. uh, and I feel like, but I feel like Gears of War three really wasn't negatively affected by any stuff, right? I don't think. I think everything was a lot in the game in that one, wasn't it? Apart from visuals. In- in Gears Three, yeah, yeah. Well, any of the so, unlocks would have been level unlocks, I think, through progress. Yeah, which is yeah very dull, but not evil. <laughs> well, no, but you could buy stuff in that because I remember going through the microtransaction-y thing in my head because the, what they ended up doing was, I think it was in the season pass, mm-hmm. what they were doing were they lumped in. It was like you know two maps and two character skins and like six. Um, skins for your weapons or something like that. I think there's some pre-order bonuses, yeah. No, it was um, part of the season pass, I think. Because I remember being kind of peeved at the idea that I couldn't just buy the maps, because I didn't give a crap about the skins. Oh, I see. And so, the fact that I couldn't just buy the maps, that I had to buy all this extra crap with it, was what kind of ticked me off about it. Mm. Um, And so... Not everything was unlocked, but I don't feel like that. All I also don't feel like that negatively impacted the experience necessarily. Well, well that what just I'm means wonder- that. What I'm wondering about negatively impacting is you think of to so take Gears of War as a series, for example. Mm-hmm. Previous games, um, you've had DLC that has been, um, you know, addition of like RAM story, um, beast mode. Yeah, um, perfect. You know. And st- some some good additional content, you know. Um, but with this microtransaction stuff for Gears of War Four, you've got to imagine must have made them a pretty penny since that since oh, the yeah. release. And it's only now that they're kind of adding stuff. And even then, it's it's just additional levels of what was there, or like even harder difficulty stuff that you know I would say a game developer would do between six to eight months after release if they haven't got any ideas of what to bring out, you know? it's That's really basic, isn't it? You know, adding a grounded mode or, you know, inconceivable mode or, you know, uh, New York minute mode. It's just sort of, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> that's, what is that? <laughs> big surprise, you know? Um, but they've been getting tons of money. It's You know, they've either got to say, yeah, we're doing Gears of War 5, it's going to be monumentous, and like, well, I should hope so, the amount of money we've funded you for it. Or, no, for goodness it. sake, let, let's have beast mode. Let's do do something, give some something back, you know, some new story or... Uh, I think know, I see what you're saying. Like, if they were using this microtransactions to fund something um, like, say, in a MMORPG, 
you've got all the money that people pour into it, but yeah. they continue to up the, update the game, add new content for years and years, because that money is going into the game, so you're getting something back from it. Even mm-hmm. the, free pe- the free players are getting something back, and the paying players are getting something back. But with this game, no matter how much people are pouring into it, they're just taking the money home. Yeah, because because eventually, you know, maybe eventually you could reason that the money's being put towards the sequel, but then you still have to pay for the sequel. So, yeah, yeah. Um, So the only reason why I say, you know, don't necessarily not buy it is because if you don't buy the game, then the game doesn't get made. If you don't want a certain part of the game, then don't pay for that part of the game. You know what I mean? In fairness, some series like bury it already. Yeah, yeah. Because this but is it, like the mummy walking. It's not in a good situation. Yeah, no. But I, personally, it's just my my point of view. It's like yeah. if read your reviews. Mm. Like if you're not sure, if you're on the fence, obviously read the reviews. See what people are saying about the story and the multiplayer and the necessity of the microtransactions. If it seems to work just fine without you participating in these microtransactions then it's just a super, superfluous thing that you don't need to spend money on. And eventually, mm-hmm. if enough people buy the game and not the extra stuff, then it would go away. You know? Well, I actually really like the games where the microtransactions are hands-off and they're there for the people who want it. And they're yeah. absolutely no detriment to the people who don't. I'm actually very happy with those because i got nothing wrong with right. developers making um, a bit more profit from the people that have a bit more money. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm worried that it, it's kind of Backtrending on the on the decent DLC we used to get, games and microtransactions don't don't in my opinion that I've seen don't seem to have as good a DLC as um, as the other ones. I can I can kind of agree to that. Yeah, yeah. I, it just seems to be a correlation. I have nothing mm. to actually back that up, but I do kind of agree with that. I mean, and th- you know, some of them will say, "Well, you know, what about the new maps they're adding?" And like, well, they used to be able to add new maps before. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, the amount we're pouring in. They should be throwing maps at this at ridiculous levels, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's certainly plenty New there maps. to cover that and something more, you know. Like I, I don't want to harp on about Gears 4, but I think there's over 20 maps and only four of them are actually new maps, so. Exactly. Wow, pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, so uh, that's pretty much what we think of microtransactions, which is to say it's a complex topic. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think we will... Now resume with your regularly It all comes program. down to the motives. Yeah. Developers, yeah, but... turn, turn it to a force of good. <laughs> yeah. Turn away from the evil. <laughs> not just motives, but obviously its impact on the gameplay experience, you know? So hopefully this doesn't impact the gameplay experience too much, and it's still just a fun, awesome game to play. So, mm-hmm. All right. So uh, back onto the news bandwagon. Back on the news. Quest- Yep, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming to PS4 and Switch. The reason why why I include the and Switch is because it's not including uh, Vita, as far as we can tell. Now, I think this is just for Japan at the moment, but I I would not be. I'm fairly certain that it sold pretty well the first one over here, so I wouldn't be surprised if this held. Wait, so they're not releasing it on Vita even in Japan? It doesn't appear so. No, it looks like. Right. It looks like it's coming to PS4 and Switch. So, unfortunately, um, your Switch is... I mean, your Vita is pretty much dead. <laughs> Get a Switch upgrade. Yeah. Make the Switch. 
But the new new game is going to include four-player multiplayer, which is kind of neat, uh, an increased limit to the number of blocks you can stack. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually an increase in height, but how high you can stack things, which is also nice. Okay. You can build slopes, place water, create waterfalls, dive underwater, and glide through the air. Ooh, that so, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the glider thing, and I was like, all right. Or glider. Zelda. I thought you meant like fly through there, like no, no, no. Buzz Lightyear not... kind of situation. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's gliding. It's definitely not flying, but you, you use a glider. And, uh, uh-huh. The the picture that they showed is kind of more along the lines of uh, Super Mario World, with the cape. Looks like he's kind of oh, holding yeah. on to like a tarp or something. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good times. <laughs> Actually, that's so, good. I think Dragon Quest Builders was. A good game and it's good that it's getting mm. yeah it's it's a good game that i had some issues with but i imagine that they will address a lot of that in this well i mean that's one of the things i say about game like in films the second film usually not a good thing but in games the second game usually a great improvement yep yep so i'm looking forward to that mm. the wnba in will be in nba live 18 which is kind of a neat thing. Um, EA is scanning the heads of various WNBA stars, and they are have enlisted the help of first draft pick Kelsey Plum to provide motion capture. I was enthusiastic about the last story, but I don't even know what you just said about this one. <laughs> what is WNBA? It's it's the women's league. Oh, so, okay. well, women, women's league. <laughs> um, sorry. Yes. So no, I'm not it playing. is. The, yeah. So. Uh, from what I understand, and this is just what I heard, it actually does play slightly different than the regular NBA, mm-hmm. um, which which is holding true to how the women's NBA league is because it's a less – I don't want to say physical because the women are very physical, but it's a lot less about like charging people and bumping and whatever else, and it's much mm-hmm. more technical. Um, so from what I understand, that seems to be holding true in this instance. But uh, So it's kind of neat to see them doing that. I guess this is kind of like when they put women's teams in FIFA. FIFA, yeah. So that's, it's yep. good. I think that's good they should put these things in. Yeah. Um, I just, I just in- hope the developers don't do anything stupid like, I don't know, Lara Croft butt cameras. <laughs> What? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff was already in there because, like, you always get, you know, weird camera angles on the basketball court and you're like, why do you have the camera that low? You know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's the NBA, so it's, it's you know, yeah. it's just one of those weird... Or just, or just no, no... People in butts. Yeah. Or just no, no developers sort of having a blog where they're discussing, like, realistic motion capture and and you know oh, like, no. i'm oh, thinking yeah. dead or alive and things like that you know <laughs> yeah 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 right just yeah, no i haven't <laughs> actually seen that before won't happen <laughs> yeah well unfortunately with the whole thing with the guy at google it doesn't look like that's going to be anytime soon so uh persona q2 Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight and Persona 5 Dancing Star Knight are all coming to Japan, um, I think, PS4, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Uh, Probably, so, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, that's that's what, maybe not Persona Q2. Um, I'm sorry? Uh, wait, you should, oh. you should say what these games are, because people aren't going to understand. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay, so, 
Um, the dancing games are both spinoffs of the main games, which takes the form of surprise, surprise, a dancing game, which sort of kind of fits into the, uh, you know, people having normal lives thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, they did one for persona four, which was uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night, if I'm That's not mistaken. Yep. yep. Um, I did not play it, so I, I don't actually know. I'm I'm interested. I'll probably give Persona 5 Dancing. In fact, I think there were two for Persona 4. But, yeah. Um. So I'll probably give Persona 5 a, a Dancing a shot just to see what it's about with characters that I know. I'm sorry, Pers I confused it with Persona 4 Arena for a moment. We've had two games. Uh, yes, right. Sorry, I've just made actually, things worse, haven't I? <laughs> just a little bit. And actually, I don't know that Persona Q2 even applies. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's actually just a 3DS game. Yes, it, Persona Q was um, a 3DS game which featured um, a selection of the Persona characters in a kind of dungeon crawler kind of game, um, mm -hmm. which was well-received. So Q is a welcome sequel. Um, it's not to say that PlayStation gamers shouldn't have other platforms as well so if you're yes. a big fan of persona particularly obviously because it was on ps4 right. um, persona 5. so you know maybe give that a thought yep and especially since um persona 5 being a ps4 game the uh persona q2 logo is a an animated take your heart logo with the sort of persona 5 art style and all that the top ah, hat and the mask so nice it is sort of it is kind of t tied to we're assuming i think uh, tied to those characters in some way uh, mm -hmm. but if i'm not mistaken i didn't play q like they worked in characters from several of the games yeah so that was what made me very almost buy it but in the yes. end i just didn't have time for a time to call i know um, right but the thing about persona these two new games that they announced the two dancing games is i think persona 4 continued the story so persona 5 um, dancing game may continue the story. I don't really want to buy it, but it's there yeah. for people who are really I'm, into I'm that. really just kind of more interested to understand why they're being made in the first place, honestly. I think like, that's I, just I, really popular. I just, yeah, certainly. I, I just don't under... I haven't played it, so I don't know what the deal is. Hmm. Uh, Respawn is still heavily invested in Titanfall, uh, according to Vince Impella via GameSpot, it's important for us to keep the franchise going. We have our franchise creative director, who's in charge of safeguarding the franchise in multiple formats and making sure it continues to grow. Uh, we're working on more Titanfall. We're not announcing what that is yet, but there's a few other things in the works. Hashtag Titanfall 3 is real. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, they, they didn't say it. I'm sure that they've got at least ideas for it. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's some prototypes somewhere. Who knows when it'll come out, but I have to imagine it'll come out at some point. Or maybe they'll give it all up done. and start a game uh, <laughs> game distribution system. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, obviously they want to make more money out of this thing because it's basically their baby after leaving Call of Duty. Mm. Obviously not for the better. Um, right they do have a star wars game coming eventually though so i don't know oh, how okay. much money they really need to make off of titanfall <laughs> yeah but one yeah. of a million star wars came so i don't know if it's gonna yeah. be one of the good ones or not that's um, fair well no i don't mean it's gonna be bad i mean if it's gonna be one of the profitable ones or, or not so much um right but um, i think with any star wars game you're probably gonna make a decent chunk of change Provided you didn't spend a hideous amount. Especially um, in their case where they had a marketing situation with Titanfall. With Star Wars, it would just market itself. So 
Exactly. I mean, Disney will market it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to beat the marketing arm of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so they're still working on that. We technically really don't have any idea what they're working on, but I mean, they're still putting out DLC for Titanfall 2, so it can't have sold too poorly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They don't want people to think, oh, Titanfall 2 is over. Like, they want people to keep buying into it. And then mm-hmm. whenever they release 3, if that's what's on their mind, then that that people will still be hyped for it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, with before, that... Before, just before leaving the news, I wanted to give a shout for Persona 5, the animation. I know it's not game-related, but Persona mm-hmm. 5 fans will want to know um, yes. that they've announced an anime series for Persona 5. Um, True that. So if you're into that, just check it out. Mm-hmm. How are you? Give us details. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know a lot. I haven't it's watched an anime in quite some time. Ace, so. It's called Google. Right, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought Prince had uh, had, had it all to hand. Okay. News will be emerging over time. I mean, it's not out yet, so. Okay, but it's not like a Netflix original series or something or anything like that. Uh, it's very Japanese, so definitely not distributing on Netflix. Okay. Mm. All right. So with that out of the way and our topic out of the way, it's time for popular trophies. Yay. Uh, right. 50 most popular trophies this week on truetrophies.com on August the 8th, 2017. Uh, it's all about that plus, about that plus. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> being the I first can't believe week. I just heard that. <laughs> being the first week of August. What a surprise. Um, first, we've got to say goodbye to Crash Bandicoot Warped and Pyre as they've dropped off the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're not far behind, but there just wasn't room enough on there for them this week. Mm. We've got uh, a big chart this week. We've got eight entries, so not bad. Um, mm. We shall start at the bottom and work our way up. At number eight, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, Visions of the Dreamer, 110 wins, no other trophies. So it's just clinging in there at spot 49, down from uh, six spot from last week. Mm-hmm. It's just barely hanging in there. Just in there, yep. Probably disappear, I think, by next week. Um, Absolutely. Spot number seven, we've got uh, Game of Thrones, a Telltale game series. Uh, this was uh, PS Plus free previously, uh, so Jeez. it still seems uh, gamers are still working on this one. Uh, at spot 43, Honed and Ready, 113 wins, uh, plus five other trophies in the top 50 so people are still working on that one it's down uh to spot sim from spot four last week but it's uh, still powering it's on still powering on yep uh so that takes us to spot six uh crash bandicoot 2 cortex strikes back uh slipping Wait, down to spot which four. crash bandicoot 2 cortex strikes back okay slips down to spot 42 uh, road less traveled, same trophy. 115 wins, no other trophies in oh, just the top 50. So yeah, it just clean in there. Um, it's dropped quite a bit because of course last week it was at first place. Now it's uh, down to six. How the mighty have fallen! Exactly. Indeed. Yes. Even even Bandicoot can can fall down a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fallen. Fallen. Finally. I mean. <laughs> It's been up there for a he while. He fell down five times before, but he just had to yeah. go again. Yeah. I can tell you, I do not feel bad for that bandicoot. 
Um, at spot five is the original Crash Bandicoot. At spot 33, Freed Me, 141 wins, plus four others. Now, this is a secret trophy you actually get when you die. So, hey, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. It's spoiler, well, you don't even need to bother to play now, now that you know that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that shows that there's a lot of really good players if they're only now getting around to getting that one. <laughs> uh, you just hate it in games where it is like, oh, play on the like lowest difficulty and die, and you get this secret trophy, or yeah, or, or die and you get this trophy. They always make it hidden. Um, there's well, some people like me that get this as their first trophy, and others that just it. So, to go back and get it. Oh, and come on. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I don't think it's that. Yeah. All right. Um, down from uh, spot two, a second. Uh, and spot five, so they've they've swapped back. So last week, Crash Bandicoot two edged ahead of Crash Bandicoot one, and now they've gone back into uh, numerical order again. Huh. So that leaves our top four. Being uh, being the beginning of August, I'm sure you can probably guess uh, yes. where, where these ones are from. <laughs> I think we mentioned them last week. Um, at number four, level twenty two. At spot 24, Trophy the Dark Bat, 186 wins, plus three other trophies in the top 50. It is, of course, a PS Plus free game this month. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Um, this one is is a stealth game where you've got to sneak your uh, hungover worker back into work. Quite <laughs> why he works better. on the 22nd floor, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would just take the lift, game over. <laughs> but evidently, you can't do that in this game. Um, Wait, you don't work at that job anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you could like, go upstairs or something, up 22 levels, it would probably be the end of the day by the time you got up there. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, including well, like, the lunch hour. Showing up late. Yeah, and like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, moving on to number three. Um, down well at spot six. Uh, time never stops. Six hundred and four wins plus four other trophies in the top fifty is another PS Plus free title this month. Hmm. So Downwell is on uh, PS4 and Vita, whereas Level Twenty Two is only on Vita, right? Yes, this one is. That uh, sounds right. Yep, is across by I believe. Yep. Um, very frantic. Uh, how did you describe it, Prince? Um, oh, what was it Brandon? I think it was Prince got it off of Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Um it was a roguelike vertically scrolling shooter platform video game. Yeah. We're surprisingly <laughs> you're going down the whole time. Yeah. Very noisy watching that trailer. Yeah. Um at number two, uh we have one of my favourite series, Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry at spot two, Trophy mm-hmm. Liberation Day. Seven hundred and forty six wins. That's good amount for a week, uh, plus 11 other trophies in the top 50. Of course, uh, again, PS Plus free title. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, that was the um, was it secondary DLC around the time of, was it Assassin's Creed 3 or 4? 4. 4, four. four, four yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a standalone associated with um, Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. Well, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Or Black Flag, Black yeah. Pirates. So there you go. Ahead of... Um, is it Origins? Assassin's Creed Origins? The one coming out in November. You can get your Assassin's Creed fixed this month for free. Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. 
Well, and and sort of relevant, um, the team that's working on Origins is also the team that worked on uh, Black Flag. So, uh, same team. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. definitely going to make that well known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which then uh, drum roll. <laughs> there you go at number one. Hey. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has guessed this. Uh, Just Cause Three uh, trophy. Enjoy your homecoming. 1,182 wins, plus 15 other trophies in the top 50. Nice. That's a pretty solid showing. That is pretty solid showing. So, obviously, the favourite of the PS Plus uh, free games this month, mm-hmm. at least this week. Yeah. It's nice to see uh, people showing up for that. Yeah. And I'm seriously diving into it. I know, right? Yeah. They've, yeah they've, a lot of people have played it, and a lot of them have got... 16 trophies that's they've yeah. continued, they've started they've seen how brilliant the opening is and they've gone you know i'm gonna keep playing this i'm not gonna yeah. duck it out yeah yeah that's right. um very good so yep. um yeah um probably along similar lines to before we're gonna see these um these four in the trophy next in the chart next week i should think although and maybe level 22 might slip out but I mm. um, certainly think Just Cause 3 and Assassin's Creed Freedom are probably going to still be quite strong next week. Deserves to be. Um, the, well, the Bandicoot well, is probably still going to cling on for, for a bit longer. Well, two things yeah, I noticed well, about this week is, one is that the gap between um, Level 22, the Vita-only game, and Downwell, the PS4 and Vita game, um, is pretty big. I mean, Level 22 has 186 wins for its best trophy, Downwell has 604 wins, so triple as much, and they're next to each other in the charts. But like, for the fact that it's on PS4 is perhaps a contributing factor to why it's been played by three times as many people. Absolutely. And yeah. then obviously the places one and two are PS4 games, so I mean it stands for that the PS4 Plus games are being played more and more these days than the other platforms. Yep. Yeah, and the. PS3 PlayStation Plus game hasn't uh, appeared at all on their um, Super Motherload. Mm-hmm. Well, there were two. Yeah, that... The other one I don't even like doesn't get mentioned. Um, oh well, Snakeball. I think the other one didn't actually have trophies. Oh, I, I no, I erased that from my mind because that's horrific. Right, right. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, we all went. Rah! Yeah, like we're the Trophy Hunters podcast, and like uh, you're releasing a plus game with no trophies in 2017. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, so, as for the drop, we do have a solid week coming up. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. Uh, we do have uh, Batman the Telltale series season two episode one the enemy oh, yeah. the enigma sorry there's a lot of it's out now. Uh, titles to this yes um, so that is officially out now and that is a Telltale game so I wouldn't be surprised if have you noticed uh, they changed trophies sorry mm-hmm. I, I jumped the end of your sentence um, have you noticed they changed it to Telltale's Batman instead of Batman a Telltale game like. Like that was adding to the number of titles they had. Well, yeah, it is. I don't know. On the store, I think it was actually just Batman: The Enemy Within. Yeah, because they cut out. Like they're always cutting stuff out because they've got too many titles now. Right, but on the drop, it's listed as Batman: The Telltale Series Season Two, Episode One, and then the graphic is Batman: The Telltale Series: The Enemy Within. Oh so, boy! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Enemy Within is the name of the season, yeah. not the episode. And the name of the episode is Riddler, what was it? Uh, 
I think it was <laughs> the Enigma. Enigma. Yeah, the Enigma. The so Enigma. it's it's Telltale's Batman, a Telltale series. Um season two, the enemy within, episode one, the Enigma. Yes. Full proper legal <laughs> name. It's got like a whole manor estate and a lordship somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's also Graceful Explosion Machine, which I think was on Switch and I heard good things about, but I might be making that up. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Hell, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is out today, which has been getting really good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawbreakers, which is uh, Cliffy Ooh. B. Don't call Sorry, Cliff Blazinski. No, don't call, call me, me Cliffy B. B. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining um, that's what he would say. Yeah, right. Um, so oh, that's coming up. Fame. Yep, yep. So that's out now. And then uh, you've also got Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, which I don't think is getting particularly good reviews, unfortunately. Uh. But, uh, well, largely because it doesn't have, uh, like, the first one had sort of save states you could save anywhere, whereas that it's kind of dropped that function, and now you can only save at certain spots. Mm-hmm. So um, apparently that was a big sticking point. It doesn't have some of the more modern conveniences of remake compilation type. Sorry, uh, remaster compilations. If even the 3DS can do, like, suspend and save, come on, yeah. set the game up. On PS4. Pretty much, pretty much. So that's several games that are, are solid contenders. And it kind of, what was it, last so two weeks ago, Pyre came out, and I think that was kind of the official beginning of fall, because it's just like... It's just a deluge now. I still haven't played Tacoma. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, get boy. back to that. So wait, is that on PS4? I thought it was an Xbox One. Uh... It's an Xbox One game. Okay, you just yeah. Great. I would like to hear yeah. about it. I've heard very good things about it. So yep, yep. All right. I also want to um, one last thing about the um, trophy pops. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, my sly sideways comment made it obvious, but Crash Bandicoot two at number six, Crash Bandicoot one at number five, Crash Bandicoot three. At number, what? It's, <laughs> it's not that Crash Three has been kicked off the charts. So finally, yeah, squeezed off. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's good. About time. All right, so I think we're gonna kind of fly through this. Um, what What have you guys been playing lately? Oh, we've had uh, too long enough. <laughs> um, yeah, keep it brisk. Who wants to go first? I mean, I'll, I'll run through real quick. I'm, so I played uh, Batman Season 2, Episode 1, The Enemy Within, slash The Enigma, slash whatever else, the Telltale series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty fun. They've made some interesting changes, which I really like. They've improved a lot of things. The Batcave is more interesting. Um, you're not just sitting there playing around with your computer. They've got, like, displays for you to check stuff out. Um, mm. The gameplay is very much largely improved the uh situations where like you're you canvas an area and you've got this idea and you sort of map out what batman's going to do those are gone and instead it gives you much more cinematic action scenes and during those scenes it'll be like press this to do this or press this to do that and that way you can uh sort of dictate how the the battle will play out without just sitting there and then it just plays out for you, I guess. Uh, So that's actually really cool. The uh, animation has improved quite a bit. I think Um, a lot of aspects of it have really stepped up, which is kind of nice. I quite liked it. Probably the 
best first episode I've played since um, Wolf Among Us, maybe. That's good. Is the frame yeah. rate functional now? I I had absolutely zero issues of any Excellent. kind. It ran so smoothly. It was really nice. Because as we remember, the first season had some serious frame rate troubles on PS4. Yeah, and oh. I, I had all sorts of issues with that. Yeah, I, I had none of that any kind. So that's nice. Good. Uh, and then I did play Final Fantasy Fifteen, the Comrades beta thing. Without um, us. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's all right. It wasn't really worth dragging you guys out for. It, it was kind of boring. <laughs> Uh, un- so maybe unsurprisingly, and I-, I was a little bit surprised by it, but maybe I shouldn't have been because realistically, I think that the combat in Final Fantasy 15 is pretty much the weakest point of that game. Um, so to have, you know, a section where that's pretty much all it is, didn't really work out. didn't feel too good. Uh, it kind of felt slow and plotting and you had some abilities, but they didn't work the way you remembered. And so like, for instance, maybe i missed it but like i was trying to replenish my mp by warping up to a high point which usually instantly refills your mp Mm. that doesn't do that anymore now when you go there it starts your mp refreshing but that's it so if you don't have any mp and you're on the ground you're just kind of out of luck um and then the combat is just kind of clunky and jarring and uh, doesn't really fit too well. Like there was one part where I was trying to defend a shack and the, there were waves of enemies. And I liked the concept and it could have been really fun, but I was having serious issues getting, you know, trying to connect with the oncoming enemies. Like I kept missing my strikes. So I don't know if that's just down to the animations are not as refined with these custom made characters, which the custom made character thing is actually really cool. Um, or if it's just network or what, but it just trying to hit stuff was really hard for some reason. As far as I'm aware, it's only releasing next year. So there may be some time. uh, Certainly. Oh yeah. That is, that is worth mentioning. Like I only played two missions. It was kind of clunky. I mean, it was still ran fairly well. I didn't hit any major hiccups or anything, but it just didn't feel right. So, but there's, it should be, I mean, they're not releasing it for a while. So all of this stuff is easily addressable. It's Quick just, question. What did you think of the um, customization, character customization? I thought it was pretty awesome. I mean, you can change all sorts of stuff. Um, I went into, like, I picked a jacket for my character, and then I went into, like, the character selector, and it there were 10 different colors on that jacket that I could edit. Nice. And then you, you click on it, and it gives you a sheet. It's probably, I don't know, my guess would be it's uh, the full, like, 256 different major colors <laughs> and you can pick from whatever freaking colors you want so you can get like really granular like there there was actually one color out of the 10 i just never figured out what the hell it changed so like it, it's really really nuanced and it's pretty cool I, I have to give them credits a really nice setup all right who's next okay um all right unless you want to go ice uh, nah, not really much. Uh, I've been playing um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, the Da Vinci Disappearance DLC. Just the Telltale off. series, the game, the series? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> for Telltale days. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, just finishing off uh, missing trophies and things. And good, things good. Like that, really. Sweet. That's good. Did you finish it? Not yet. Almost. Okay. Work in progress. Yeah, good. yeah. Um... So I finished Pyre, 100%. Um, it was because I finished the story last time. 
um, it was mostly some of the Miss trophies and the Versus trophies, which were challenging but not impossible thanks to some excellent guides out there, um, particularly right, the Steam guide that's available currently. Um, so I, I didn't think the Versus mode was as in-depth as the, um, the combat modes of Transistor, um, but it's there. It lets you play as all the enemy characters as well, so it's kind of cool to get a like a taste of some of the things that are completely out of reach for story reasons um, oh. in the main game. Um, and That's just neat. being in there, and also looking at my capture gallery, I've got more screenshots for this game than I have for Final Fantasy 15 or for Uncharted 4, and those are like AAA games that I've spent a huge amount of hours in. So, um, yeah. like, it's a beautiful game, and I like on reflection. I really did like it for its art and for its ending as well. It was quite um, quite a build-up towards the end. And it's kind of not the ending itself so much as the build-up to the ending, the sense of foreboding that comes and the way that yeah. the story kind of reaches, it goes towards its ultimate destination. Um, I think that's actually really good. And I, I um, think more fondly of the game now on reflection. Um, hmm. Another game was Saints Row 4, Gath Out of Hell. Um, yep. I played this. This is the one that I was sort of playing in secret because I wanted to finish it um, yep. before next week. Agents of Mayhem comes out, which is of course the Saints Row um, spin-off, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot about. Have any of you played Gat Out of Hell? No, I I think the last one I played was actually the first Saints Row. So. Oh, okay. Not a fan of the series, then. That's all right. Um. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it's... it well enough, you know. Well, maybe Agents of Mayhem might... I don't know, maybe not. Probably, we'll see. I'm not sure if it's going to be a good one. But, yeah, um, right. I wanted to sort of finish with Saints Row, um, the trophies that I have, you know, the games that I've already paid for, yep. um, and see where I stand. And I really like the game. It's a bit grindy, but then as soon as I finished it... You guys probably get this as well with open world games. Mm-hmm. As soon as you finish it, like, you, you kind of miss it. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. now I can't go and do a few more of this or I can't go and walk over there and I can't like, it's like I'm done with it now. I can't go back in and waste time anymore. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's done. Um, a good game worth playing, but you have to put quite a bit of time into it. Um, then the last thing I played was I went back to final fantasy 15, uh, played chapter 13, both parts. I know that's quite old. Uh, I think you played them as well, right? I did. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's been a while since I played it. Um, I, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't really. I was not. I didn't think that it really needed changes. I think the chapter thirteen section ran a little bit long, but mm. I, that was really my only major grievance with it. Yeah, I had a save file from earlier, and I thought I should play the new chapter thirteen to see how much it's changed. As far as I can tell, it hasn't really changed apart from them really buffing the special. Um, utility that you get during this chapter you get a special something during this chapter Mm. and they really made it powerful now whereas before it was kind of thematically relevant in that you felt weak and helpless whereas now it's Mm. like okay you have a serious power here um so you kind of breeze through that chapter now i went through it in two hours um which i mean it did kind of go on like i kind of saw it now going through the second time i was like okay um Regardless, like they haven't played up enough to the theme that he is isolated, and right. they, like, you get through one huge area, 
And then there's another huge area, which is virtually the same thematically. So they should have yeah. cut it down, actually. I guess he had that yep. creator's, like, like he's put all this work in. He didn't want to make cuts, but he should have. Someone should have been at the top and said, like, let's focus on the purpose of this segment. Like, these two hours, what is the get player gaining? Yeah. Um, yep. Someone Agreed. should have done that. Um, I finished Gladio, beat Core, uh, Core Blimey, oh, I said the wrong thing out loud. Um, no! But I, I finished Gladio 100%, um, and that Enjoyable, was pretty right? good. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was a lot of fun. Mm. I went through the score attack and smashed the million mark. That was really satisfying to do. Yeah. Um, and when I finally beat the boss, that was also really satisfying. It's three minutes, the time of it. But I had to try like twenty times. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a it's a surprisingly tough thing considering mm. how much they build up uh, Gilgamesh, you mm. know. Yeah, um, uh, the Gil- saying Gilgamesh is not really a spoiler because it's really annoying. In the main story, they say it starts by saying mysteriously, "It's like I'm going to f- see the Blade Master," and you're like, "Who's the Blade Master?" And then, like in the next scene, they're like. Gilgamesh is in this cave, and you're like, ah, oh, you freaking spoiled the climax of the whole DLC, you idiots. Like, yeah, who wrote yeah. this? Um, I got distracted. But the other, the last thing about Final Fantasy XV right now, um, I, I played it all in one chunk just to get out of the way. That's why I'm not spreading it over weeks. Um, yep. The last thing is that there's some new July update trophies, which released, I think, on the 31st of July, barely getting mm-hmm. it in there. Um, yep. It's two trophies. It's a new mission, and there's an, another like combat-related trophy which you can actually farm on that mission. Um, and that trophy is a 0.1% trophy. It's the rarest trophy in the game right now, even though it's pretty easy. And it's yeah. also like a 9.9 ratio on true trophies. So if you like high-ratio trophies, it's a free update. So this like trophy is free to get. Sweet. Mad points in that trophy. No, not points, but mad ratio in that trophy. I might as well go and get it since I'm probably going to do prompto anyways. So, all right. So let's move on. It is time for trivia. We'll fly through this. It might be kind of an easy question this week. Um, so these days we put a lot of emphasis on the engines used in our games, such as the Decima engine used in Horizon, which last gen game famously made use of the Euphoria engine. Euphoria. Was it? Right. Was it Burnout Paradise, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, Flower, or Catherine? I gotta go with Flower. I was thinking Actually, Flower I as can't well. see why they would use a special engine. I mean, that or Star Wars, but then Star Wars doesn't really seem thematically relevant, so I'll have to go with Flower, just bet on it. I think it sounds like it matches, doesn't it? Because, I mean, I'd imagine Flower would have had to have had its own engine, and well, I can't really see why it wasn't that. Well, because it doesn't exactly fit into anything that's like a shooter or anything. The rest of it does it. So yeah, that's not exactly how engines work. They just need something capable to um to simulate all that grass, essentially. <laughs> well, you know, it sounds do, to me like he's trying remember, to throw you off right now. Do, do you no, remember I'm not. when? <laughs> all right fine well do you, do you remember when they used to sort of every, every new engine that came out it was like oh look at this the water effects look really good or look, look at all these blades of grass and it was like or, some, some <laughs> you remember the, the unreal one with the uh cube of meat Did i see, don't remember that? that no it, i think it might have been before the first gears of war 
Okay, they that is a, a long time ago. <laughs> they have a tech demo for the Unreal Engine, and Marcus is like beating up, beating the crap out of this giant cube of meat. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. All right, well, you're picking that. I'll pick. Um, did you say Force Unleashed was one of them? I like Star Wars, and that's one of yep. my favorite games. That one. Is it one or two? I suppose they probably uh, used the same one, didn't they? <laughs> the, sorry, the option is the first one. The first one. Yeah, I don't remember there being any obvious differences. So are you going with that? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember any of the others. <laughs> Burnout Bur- 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 Paradise and Catherine. It uh, would make sense for thematically for it to be in Burnout Paradise, but then again, I don't see why Criterion would be using... Um, Actually, I just don't know what engine Criterion was using. So, so yeah. is that a yes? Or yeah, give us the answer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kill me. Uh, it's it's Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. Oh, I gave you that. <laughs> if, if you if you remember playing that game, you remember how like you would lift people up and they'd like try and grasp onto railings and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't want to say because then I thought I was going to upset um upset Prince. But yeah, did. Uh, when, wasn't it sort of not ragdoll, but it was kind of they, they, they made something out about it. Like, oh, look at this! You know, yes. as soon as you as soon as you touch them with a lightsaber, they turn into a ragdoll and they fling around. And look at this! You can chuck them through things. It it just it, it just um it just popped in my head, and that's why I asked you: was it one or two? Because I was trying to remember oh, which one was uh, it that they're talking about that for. And I thought, yeah, so, I'll okay. go with it. It's it's one of the only ones I remember that they actually mentioned that. Yep. So the Euphoria engine was basically used to motivate the characters to preserve themselves. So when you lifted them up, they'd try and, you know, grab onto things to hold on or whatever. You know, if you were like super powerful and you walk in towards yeah. them, they would sort of run away from you or whatever. So like all of all of their emotional yes. state was handled I- by this engine. Yeah, I remember them clinging on to like ledges and things. So you're like, yep. you know, you're trying to force pull them and throw them across the map, but they're actually clinging on to like blocks that just happen to lie around at big crates of things or, mm-hmm. or onto a ledge and they're just clinging on and you're like, no, I'm force pulling you away. I'm going to <laughs> lob you across the map and off the edge of the platform or something. Yeah. I am. Um, I kind of saw that coming, but I really think someone needs to tell them what the meaning of Euphoria is because I, I know right? what well, they think. They... I th- <laughs> well, the, the, game, the game starts with Darth Vader and then follows a Sith character, so yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're so perfectly well aware of what Euphoria is. Joy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and then, real quick, we're just going to go through polls. Uh, so the previous, previous poll we did was about the state of VR. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry. Wrong one. A bit. No. So we were talking about VR that episode, but the poll was actually what long dormant Sony created published franchise. Would you like to see remastered? Oh yes. And the options, the options were ape escape, destruction, <laughs> Derby, legend of Ligaya, Spyro, heavenly sword, and other. Uh, in Ooh, a, ape, a, ape Escape. Oh, no. <laughs> nobody picked Ape Escape. Thank God for uh, that. <laughs> n- no, nobody picked Heavenly Sword. That just might be because nobody played it. Uh, oh, I, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about the game. I just mean realistically, nobody had the system and nobody was playing that game. So, um, Spyro is in third. Well, fourth, uh, and then. 
tied for first is Destruction Derby, Legend of Lagaya, and Other. Unfortunately, nobody actually told us what Other was, so <laughs> you, you guys should, should actually else. make sure to you should make sure you post in the comments what Other is. Well, one of those two is me, so there's only one guilty party out. Yeah. So, go on then, Prince. What was your other, then? Literally anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's maybe that's the problem, is people are just like, just not these. I don't like your options. You yeah, know? that's, why, that's why you can't put another in a poll. You and what? Yeah. Another Destruction Derby. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... Um, just be, so Plinkett ended up posting and he said, uh, I really don't see, uh, he's talking about VR. I really don't see it as a peripheral. It is a complete new gaming experience. If you have the funds to get one, please do it. I suffer motion sickness with a few games, but lo- games like Time Machine, Wayward Sky, and Dying Reborn, just to name a few, I have no problem, and you do tend to get used to it. It also seems to be an amazing platform for the point and click genre, and I would guess that the indie devs will be on it. If not, they should be. I mean, if yeah. I'm honest, you had me at Time Machine. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, and then, uh, because we haven't had a whole lot of time, I did include the uh, details for the last poll, which I think posted on Friday. Um, I'm going to give you the stats now, and you can go and vote later if you want to change them. Um, what <laughs> kind of Star Wars spinoff game would you like to see? Uh, so the options were Star Wars Podcarding, Super <laughs> Star Wars Melee, Star Wars Raving Ewoks Party Game, Ugh. a certain a certain point of view walking sim. <laughs> Who is my father? The Telltale series. Hey, yay! We need another one of those. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's going to be the shortest one they've ever done. Uh, and then other, <laughs> other anything aside from that Connect game. Which, oh. I that I really I like that poll. That poll would have got more um, results if it had uh, been up for a bit longer. Right. So. You should absolutely go and vote for this one because I think that's just kind of a, a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, but so right now, Who Is My Father? The Telltale series is currently winning. Yeah. So yeah. you should definitely go and vote and check that out. And also, yeah, I know. And also it, on that post, um, Hyed did give you a, a link if you wanted to subscribe to the podcast on the mm. site. Yeah, so and you summarized it like like right to the yeah point. so that's really good yeah our our you know 10 minutes of babbling he managed to sum very easily and i'll make sure to stick the link in the uh, next article that's very helpful yep all right so that's it for us uh thanks for joining us uh you can follow us on true trophies at megabrand zero uh at a solo mcleod uh we are on itunes and google play and everything else so just go and subscribe and leave reviews and comments and tell us what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong you can send feedback to me at extreme phobia on the website uh if you have anything you want to say or any questions you want read on the show so uh just let us know and uh thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time bye see you around see ya